Hi, my name is Liv, and I've started a podcast. I thought I would call it Mind Interrupted, because it's understandable, I think, relatable. I mean, who hasn't been in the middle of a thought and then all of a sudden they think, what if there was a tsunami right now and everyone I loved died? You can be sitting at work and just shuffling through some paperwork and then your mind wanders into something horrible and then your heart starts racing and your palms start sweating and your Fitbit says your heart rate is at 180 which while exercising would actually be burning fat if only that worked, right? But that's not how it works. Your mind just runs amok and it gets out of control and it's so difficult to put it back to where it was supposed to be, to where it should be, back to the positive. I like to consider myself a positive person. I am most of the time. Literally everyone has described me as a bubbly person. And although I am considerably anxious and have been for 29 years, I still sometimes just feel sad for no reason. I heard somewhere once that when you feel sad all of a sudden for what feels like no reason, in fact, someone has just died and you're mourning for them, whether you know them or not. Which is kind of a romantic idea. Maybe not in a loving way, but romanticized in either way. It's a very difficult thing, almost a curse, to have anxiety, and it's only recently become more addressed as a real thing. For so long it was just, it's only in your mind. It's not real. It's just in your head. Sure, it's just in my head, but who's to say that mean it isn't real? It's there. It causes my body to feel everything. Last night, I was watching the reality show Big Brother with my husband, Ben, and the episode ended, and I had we had recorded it on my PVR, and the episode stopped, so I exited out of the screen, and it went to the news, which Ben had been watching before the... We had 
began the episode. And (laughs) there was a segment on the news about climate change. And it was focusing on this iceberg that was melting. And all of a sudden, I started having this ultimate anxiety that we were all going to die within the next 10 years and how I still wanted to watch our three-year-old son growing up. I was just sobbing and it came out of nowhere. And Ben, who was still trying to get used to my anxiety, although we've been together for 10 years, was rubbing my back (laughs) in what he thought was a comforting way when in fact it was like, pushing into the knots in my shoulders which are there because of the stress in my life and my horrible posture at work so he was digging his thumbs into these knots which was hurting but I knew he was trying to help and my dog Cece had gotten into my lap and was kissing my face like it's okay it's okay you're okay you're okay stop crying it's okay I'm here I'm here I'm here Which was very sweet, but also overwhelming. And then Harry, my son, he's got his soother in his mouth and he comes over to me and he's going, It's okay, Mama. Are you okay? It's okay, Mama. Don't cry, Mama. It's okay. And I felt bad for showing this vulnerable side. course he's so young he doesn't understand what anxiety is the most anxious he gets is when the vacuum cleaner turns on and he runs out of the room going it's okay it's okay okay no more no more I feel bad for laughing when he does that you know if that makes sense I mean people don't laugh when I get scared when a spider crawls onto my desk but When Harry is upset because a bobblehead character is showing up on the movie we're watching. Or if the vacuum cleaner comes out of the closet. He'll say, okay, 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 no, okay, no, okay, no. And he's scared and he's anxious and I think it's funny the way he's saying, okay, no, okay, no, and I'm trying not to laugh. And that's not fair of me because he's afraid of something. So I felt bad and I apologized to him. Because it's okay to feel. We're taught that when we're really little, when we're in kindergarten when we're around that age, that it's okay to feel, that it's nothing to be ashamed of. But then why do we forget that? Why do I have to remind people? Well, I don't have to do it, but I do either way. If they're sad and trying to cover it up, why, as adults, Do we feel the need to remind ourselves that it's okay to feel sad, that it's okay to be anxious, that it's okay to be mad? We don't have to cover these feelings up. In fact, that's an unhealthy way to deal with it. Express what you're feeling. It's not healthy to bottle it up. 
when you do that. That's when things get worse and worse and worse until suddenly you explode. That's one of the ways that I've always made sure to deal with arguments, even if it's the tiniest little thing that's annoyed me that Ben has done. And he doesn't do much to annoy me. Honestly, he's a wonderful person. Probably the kindest... Not probably. He is the kindest person I have ever met. If he does one little thing to annoy me, I address it before he he does it again and again and again. Rather than letting it bottle up and bottle up and bottle up. And then he leaves the toilet seat up this one time and I freak out. In, for an instance, I mean, I didn't actually do that. When I first moved in with him, I was very passive-aggressive when it came to leaving the toilet seat up. I would close it really loudly, trying to get the point across. Besides my dad, I had never lived with a boy before, so... I had never had to train someone to put the toilet seat down. Train probably wasn't the most respectful word I could have used there. It's funny how some people just don't know how to deal with it. Anxiety, I mean. Whether the person suffering from it or the person trying to help the person suffering from it. Ben is still trying to figure it out. He used to tell me to stop crying. I would be crying about whatever. I don't know. Some Something had made me feel. Feel a lot. And I would get upset. I would get anxious. I would get overwhelmed. I would feel too much. And I would just start to cry. And as opposed to holding me or saying, let's go for a walk and take your mind off of this, your mind that has been interrupted off of this, he would say, stop crying. Don't cry. Which would make me feel silly. Having anxiety isn't silly. Having anxiety is human. Everyone has anxiety, everyone has worries, whether or not they bubble to the surface as often as they do with others is up to their own mentality. I think. I'm an epileptic and two of my medications actually can easily cause anxiety, one of the side effects do, at least. And I don't know whether that's one of the reasons why I'm as anxious as I am, or if it's even genetic. I once called my aunt, asking her, why am I so anxious? Why do I do this all the time? All I do is worry. And she said, well, it's in your genetics. (laughs) She worried, her sister, my mom, worried. It's just so easy 
to worry about tiny things. My son will sneeze and I will be like, no, he's getting a cold. He's going to get stuffed up and we're not going to sleep for weeks. Okay, weeks. Weeks is an an exaggeration, obviously, but it's difficult to sleep when you have a cold and when you are a baby and have a cold, clearly you're going to be a baby about it. And as a mom, there is nothing worse than seeing your kids sick. It really just breaks your heart. I clearly have no actual script that I'm going off of right now. I'm just babbling about anxiety. This is my therapy, I guess, which I haven't done in a long time even though everyone probably should. I'm wondering what the most anxious thing... No, I didn't word that correctly. What... What is something that causes me the most anxiety? Some things that cause me the worst anxiety is when I'm afraid someone is mad at me. But I think that... Then I worry that that's making me self-centered because... Clearly, I, something I did could not have made that person that mad. Not everything is about me, and then I feel bad because I feel selfish that I thought that was about me. You obviously kind of had to be there for, to understand what I'm talking about, but I think it's a little early to start talking about work. Early into our podcast relationship, that is. I'm hoping that another podcast that I've begun recording with a friend of mine will be airing soon, but that's kind of on hold at the moment, so I thought I would do this as practice on my own. Who knows how it will do. I'm hoping, since both anxiety and epilepsy need to be addressed more, that this will help. I'm only one person, and there's only so much I can do. But even if this will help, me laying on the bed in our guest room, with the lights just barely on, my son finally in bed, my my wonderful husband playing PC games upstairs in the loft, Laying on my back and looking at the piss-yellow walls that I painted. Maybe this will help. It might help me. It might help someone else who has anxiety or epilepsy. That is definitely something I worry about. My epilepsy, my seizures. They hurt so much. The seizures. I mean, really, it's it's agonizing. And not all seizures feel the same. I mean, mine do. I mean, people that suffer from epilepsy or, or are warriors and fighters of epilepsy, they don't all feel the same. Mine feel like I'm on fire 
and running as fast as I can away from something that is so scary I can't even put a face to it. I worry about having those in front of my son. He's seen a handful and doesn't understand what's going on, obviously. When he is old enough to ask what's going on, when it happens, I'll... I've decided that I'm going to say that sometimes Mama has lightning storms in her brain that cause her to have seizures. Thankfully, I don't have genetic epilepsy, so there's less of a worry that he'll inherit it. In fact, he can't inherit this kind. So that in and of itself is a relief. Relief is a nice feeling to have. And especially with something that's so big, like epilepsy. One in 26 people have it. Whether it's the same as mine, or it's a seizure disorder and you grow out of it, who knows? I bring my phone everywhere I go for the sole purpose of needing to call for help. After I had Harry, my doctor told me to make sure I bring my phone everywhere to get sweatpants, because my pants still didn't fit, seeing as I had just had a baby, to invest in sweatpants with pockets so I could bring my phone everywhere because sleep deprivation can cause seizures. So that's what I did, and I had honestly never thought of that. Although, in this day and age, who doesn't bring their phone to the bathroom? I should probably clean my phone. (laughs) Now I'm getting off track. There have been a lot of tracks so far, and it's only been 18 minutes. I'm not sure how long I'm aiming for each episode, or how many episodes they will be. I guess it'll depend on the audience and how much I feel like I have to talk about. There's always something to talk about. Whether I want to talk about it or if someone will listen is up to them. Them being the people in my life. And them being the interrupted thoughts in my brain. When I go to sleep, when I lay down at night in the darkness of my room and the comfort beside my husband, my mind will wander and it will start to think of tsunamis, earthquakes, The fact I could have a seizure when I fall asleep. My seizures happen usually when I'm falling asleep or just waking up, so that's a consistent fear every night. Whether the baby's going to wake up coughing. Or... Honestly, the list is going on and on, and I probably shouldn't, so close to bedtime at least, talk about all of that. Anyway, I was trying to figure out a way that I could 
not think about what was going on, be ignorant to the world as I was falling asleep. And there are a lot of people that listen to podcasts or listen to music as they fall asleep. And I discovered that I could put my headphones in, turn my tablet on, log into Netflix, and listen to the show The Office, which is my all-time favorite show. So, I put the tablet on the side of the bed, or not on the side of the bed, beside the bed, leaning against my bedside table with the screen as dim as possible so the room isn't lighting up in this one corner and I just listen to the characters chat on and on and usually I'm asleep within 10 minutes and it used to make me it used to take me about 45 minutes to fall asleep you think I'm exaggerating but really it's true I'm sorry I just yawned. (laughs) Like I said, I am laying in bed in the guest room. What are things that you do to help get rid of your anxiety? I don't know how many times I've googled how to get rid of anxiety. Really, I don't. There was gardening. That doesn't help me, honestly. I don't like gardening. Smelling lavender. I love the smell, but I don't know if it helps my anxiety. Exercising really does. I go to a kickboxing dojo once a week and spar. It really helps. Having adrenaline rushes has always helped my mind calm down. But wake up at the same time, if that makes sense. There's this guy at work. His name is Rob. And he's kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. Crazy is the wrong word. Extravagant. Loud. Opinionated. Swears like crazy. Not someone you would expect to have two kids and be married. But he has given me, and he didn't even realize he'd done it, some of the best advice I'd ever heard. He told me he was really frustrated with our boss. I don't know why. I kind of zone that out when they start talking about office politics, because... If I don't get involved, I can't get in trouble. (laughs) So, he was getting overwhelmed and pissy. So, he went and hid in the corner office and closed the door and watched a video on his phone. And out of curiosity and to make conversation, I asked him what the video was. And he told me it was a video, 
of his one-year-old kid falling asleep while eating a cookie. Which was just one of the cutest things I had ever heard in my entire life. And he showed it to me. And I laughed. It was very cute. And then he said something that when I focus on this mantra, it actually does help. He said that he looks at this video, he thinks of his kids, of his family, and remembers that that's what matters. The rest is bullshit. And I have such huge respect for that. I'll be overwhelmed at work, or overwhelmed by people at work, overwhelmed, 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 feeling, 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 worried, 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 anxious, 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 scared, scared, scared. And then I'll think of Harry. And then Rob D's words just jump back into my mind. The rest is bullshit. And it's so true. Harry is what matters. Harry is the main thing in my life. Harry is everything. I love my husband very much, but I would not hesitate to use him as a human shield to protect my son. <laughs> I love them both so much. I don't know what I would do without them. Honestly, probably the calmest I feel, the happiest I feel, the most loved I feel is when my son falls asleep on me. He doesn't do it very often anymore because he's three and now, you know, has a bedtime that he respects and his brain will go, Oh, it's this time, it's bedtime. I don't even have to tell him anymore. He'll just be like, bedtime, nap time, sleeping time, I'm tired, whatever words you want to put it into. He exclaims that it's time to go to bed. But before that, he would fall asleep on me, and all you could feel, all I could feel, rather, was the love he has. Because at this age, you don't know anything else. Besides being afraid of the vacuum and of bobbleheads, all you know is love. You're able to be so ignorant and not be judged for it. I wish I could be ignorant. I wish I could go back in time and just have that mentality. All love. Nothing else. Don't get me wrong. I am happy. I am a happy person. I have a happy life. 
But it doesn't matter how happy you can be. Sometimes these happy thoughts, this happy mindset, just gets interrupted with thoughts of negativity and of worst-case scenarios which make you feel which make you feel too much and then there's too much in your body like where do you put all of these feelings and these feelings turn into tears and sped up heart rates until it feels like not just tears are pouring out of your eyes <laughs> but your heart's like trying to jump out of your chest it's crazy how heavy your heart can feel how strong it is when you're excited, when you're anxious, when you're happy, when you're sad, the main place you feel it is in your heart. But that's also the main place you feel love. You feel full and calm. I don't wish I could go back in time because I like knowing what's going on in the world. I do wish that I could feel my heart full and happy and calm all the time. That my heart was able to remain in the state of mind that Rob D has sometimes. That my mind could say, the rest is bullshit. And my heart would listen. Maybe if I listened. Listened to my own damned advice. But that's not how the brain works. No one really knows how it works. You can have a good idea, you can be pretty sure, but it's still a mystery. A messed up mystery brain. That's what we all have. Whether anxious or not, all of our brains are mysteries. And all of our thoughts are often interrupted. I'm going to sign off now. So this was my first ever podcast, Mind Interrupted. I'm Liv Wickencarswell. You can follow me on Instagram at L-I-V-W-I-G-E-N-C-A-R-S-W-E-L-L. Yes, it is a mouthful. And I apologize for that. Thank you for listening. Remember, the rest is bullshit. <laughs>